It's understanding who he is and giving everything, every ounce of credit and glory to him because of that understanding of who he is. I've had some of my best and most memorable breakthroughs and insights and true moments of pure joy in those moments of abandoned worship to God. Has anybody experienced that in their time of worship? It's where I learned early on and grasped the idea that God's heart for me was this growing day-to-day, moment-to-moment encounter with him. That there is this invitation to open the door to hearing his voice, learning where he's at, and what he was doing in different situations. And for me, I was never more in tune with hearing his voice than in those times of worship. I learned that by me decreasing, he would increase, and that happens as we worship him. Because worship, uh, worshiping God is letting go of you and grabbing a hold of him. This corporate act of worship is not to be taken lightly or to be taken for granted. God loves our time together as we sing praises to his name. Our worship is like a sweet fragrance to him. So again, after rereading this statement a few more times, don't go to church to worship. Bring your worship to church. I began to understand, at least for me, what it meant. For some of you, it cleaned quicker than it did for me, based on the uh, audience and sounds when I read that the first time. Takes me a little while to get things. What if we didn't come to this place to do our task, to check off that box, to get enough of the Holy Spirit to just get us through the rest of the week, but instead brought with us to this place lives that have been spending time with, living for, and going after God already. Not needing to come to a place to somehow get the supernatural or spiritual juices flowing, but instead have the need to bust through these doors here at Disciples to give glory to, to magnify, to testify about the one that we have been worshiping with our lives already to that point. Bringing out your life of worship has been, is, has been experiencing the heart of, the love of, the presence of, and the kingdom of God to this place. And that's the key. He's not just looking for us to worship him here in this place. Although these are beautiful times and amazing times and I wouldn't trade them for anything. But he's not just looking for our worship here in this place. We're not just talking about showing up for worship, but bringing all of our worship. There's a difference here and that, and that is what we're gonna bring God this morning. That's what we're gonna talk about bringing to God this morning is that difference. By being a people who bring all of our worship by bringing him all of our lives. Amen? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 4, verse 23. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. If you have your smartphone, you can download version, And you can even go to the uh, little extra uh, portion on the bottom right. There's three lines. You can hit that. Go to events and uh, go to Disciples Church. And you can tap into all the verses and, and some of the notes from this morning and follow along. Um, as you're doing that, would you guys pray with me? Father, you're good, you're great, you're incredible, you're amazing, you're every word that probably isn't even existed, doesn't exist at this point. That our lives are to worship you. That it's not just a scheduled event, but it is a daily occurrence. It is a daily encounter that we can have with you. 
that we are called to be a people who bring our whole lives to you. That our worship is our daily decision to say yes to you. That our worship is a daily decision to say, Lord, what are you doing in these moments? That our worship to you is being attentive to your spirit as it moves, engaging with who you are every day. Father, awaken that desire in our lives. Awaken that desire in our lives. That we find ourselves being a people who bring the worship from lives being lived for you to this place. That we testify one another, one to another, about the incredible things that we have seen you do in our week to talk about the incredible ways in which we've seen you move and change lives. Let it be our desire that our lives be worship unto you. In your precious name we pray. And all God's people said. John 4, 23 through 24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. It's time, my friends, as worshipers of God to give him all we have. For when he is exalted, everything about us is decreased. So many times I think that we, when we, so many times we, we stand in the way, I believe, of really stepping into those secret places of worship with God. When you hear people talking about their experiences of worship and how they've, they've, they've encountered God and experienced God, sometimes it's us getting in the way of that. Those places of worship with God by only having our expected experiences in worship. Missing those other holy of holy moments that fall outside of how you expect worship to be engaged in ways that you didn't think were possible. Unlocking those opportunities by allowing your whole life to be a blessing to the Father's heart. In 2 Corinthians 15, it says, our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising to God. Our lives should be the worship that floods into this place. Our lives should be the worship that floods into this place. Each life, a beautiful note that when brought together, writes a song that we have never heard sung before. It opens doors to the Father's heart that could not be opened through other means. We've talked about the things that we bring that open doors to this mansion of God that we've used as an analogy over these last five weeks that couldn't be opened without the things that I mentioned earlier. Bringing all of our worship is one of those things that opens the door to God's heart. We find all throughout scripture of lives that have represented the very heart and act of worship. And we're going to just go through these fairly quickly, but get to this point of just a life, not the song, not the, not the act, but just the life, the, the, the accumulative life that we have lived that just worships the heart of God, that speaks to the heart of God, that blesses the heart of God. We've got the woman with the alabaster box in Luke chapter seven. Some of the greatest worship can come from the most unlikely source. This woman was an outcast who had been used and abused, but something about the words and actions of Jesus caused her to bring her most valuable possession and pour it out as an expression of love and worship to him. In one moment, 
She had passed through fear. She had passed through prejudices and shame and created one of the most intimate moments of worship in the Bible. And from this encounter, this life that we experience, this life that we get to look at, this, this encounter with Jesus, I pull a couple of things from here that I think we can incorporate into our lives as we begin to live a life of worship. A life of worship presses through what people think to take advantage of every opportunity to get close to Jesus. And a life of worship can't help but to give their best to him. A life of worship isn't, isn't a life that says, well, I can do that for you, Jesus, but it's gonna have to be next week, I've got some things to do. But that we bring our best to the Father. This woman with the alabaster box, she brought her best to him. And she had to pass through what people thought, what people were saying, the criticisms, the shame. For her, the only thing that was important was to get to Jesus. The second story is actually a story that we have read not too long ago when we were going through the book of Daniel. It tells of the story where in the midst of a decree given by the king for everyone to bow down and worship, worship this statue that he had created or else be thrown into the fire comes three men. And from this they say in, 16, in verse 16, chapter three, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from, the, from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it very clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. From this story and these lives that we see honoring God, I pull a couple other things. Faith is worship to God. Our faith is worship to God. When in our day-to-day -day lives we trust him above everything else, we begin to worship him with our lives. Our lives, and the second thing, our lives not giving an inch to the things of this world that demands your worship is worship to God. Yeah. Our worship is saying no to the things of this world that demands our worship. Whether it's our money, whether it's our time, whether it's our agendas or our plans, when we don't allow those things to, to demand our affection and demand our worship, that is worshiping God with our life. The third life that I see in scripture is Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his own son in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham pleased the Lord and went on to change the world because of obedience. And I believe life of obedience is worship to God. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and, he, and we will come to them and make our home with them in John chapter 14. Obedience in the eyes of God is a greater gift than any other that I can personally think of. It may even be our greatest act of worship. It may, it may even be that our greatest act of worship may not happen on a Sunday morning, but instead on a Monday afternoon when God whispers to your ear to tell the barista who's making your coffee that he loves them. Amen. Obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit is worship. It's saying yes to God and no to our fear, no to our comfort, and no to our agenda. Giving up of self is worship. 
How many times have we allowed God to interrupt our week, to change our schedule? When was time that he needed from us more valuable than the time we needed for something else? I'm preaching this to me too, guys. Because as I write this down, it just began to flood all the times where I could have said yes another time. Worship is doing something God asks us to do without pro and conning the situation. but instead living a life of worshipful obedience. The fourth and greatest is Jesus' surrender to God's will in Luke chapter 22. On the evening of his arrest, Jesus prayed for another option, if possible, than the cross. But we all know, but then he uttered the most amazing worship statement ever known when he said, not my will, but yours. This statement, this example of complete and total surrender of one's life, this is worship. Have you noticed that all of these acts of life, all of these acts, this this life of worship boil down to that one statement? Not my will, but yours. Worship defined is not my will, but your will be done, Father. That is worship defined. And yes, I'll keep worshiping with great zeal and excitement as we come together in this place to go after God, but I also hope that I can begin to step into a deeper realm of worship that is found in that statement, not my will, but your will. To glorify, honor, praise, and exalt God is living a not my will type of life. saying, Father, have your way. And know that by saying it, it is surrendering your life to him. That is bringing all of our worship to God. When we worship with our lives, we begin to align ourselves with God's heart. We begin to value what he values. We begin to develop Christ-like thinking. How? Because we become like those that we admire and worship. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that there are the people that you respect, that you, that you hold in high esteem in your life, and the more that you are thinking about what they do, what they say, how they act, you almost begin to be like them. Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but, he transformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you worship in spirit and truth, when your whole life worships him, you begin, to, you begin to tune your spiritual ears to hear what God is saying to you and is wanting you to do. There's just no way around it. Like I said, the more time you spend with someone, the more you kind of become like them. I go back to, again, my spiritual father who uh, at one point when I had left my home, he let me live with him and his family, and all of a sudden I became a Broncos fan. <laughs> The more time I spent with him and his family, the more time that I listened to him talk to his kids, the more time that I watched him read his Bible, the more times that I heard him engage in worship, the more the things that he would say became a part of who I was. And when you worship God in such a way 
that is beyond just this encounter, but that every day is influencing your decisions, is influencing your steps, is influencing the way that we do things and the way we love people, you begin to be more like him. A life of worship, meaning bringing all of you to God, your will, Father, transforms your attention, your priority, realigns your, our hearts, strengthens our spirit, reminds us of who we are and who we belong to. Though his presence is all around, guys, a life of worship can still unlock the door to experiencing his presence in even greater ways. Like, I know his presence is in this place. I know when I walk at those doors, his presence is gonna be all around me. But I believe that as we begin to live a life of worship and we are always attentive and thinking about what is God saying right there and then, I, begin, I believe with all my heart that it unlocks a door to experiencing his presence in a greater way. Not this turn the volume to 11 and somehow his presence is gonna be more. His, vol- his presence is already here but we are allowing it to play a greater role in our life when our lives become the instruments of worship. We are going to see and experience more of him just out of that type of life. We allow him to play a greater role in our life when our lives become the instruments of worship. When we don't stop and step back for for moments in our lives to, to give God our attention beyond a Sunday morning, We tend to miss those invitations, those renewing of our spirit opportunities, our minds and our faith, and to see opportunities of his kingdom that do operate, believe it or not, between Monday and Saturday. Again, I say that to myself. There's something that happens when the songs we sing become the lives that we live. That when we sing, I'm surrounded by you, and this, is how, and this is how we fight our battle. That when those battles come, our faith doesn't back down from it. Or when we sing aloud, we will build our life upon your love. That we will live that love well to everyone around us. Or when we sing, it is well. That outside of these walls, we live as though it is well. And yes, these are all the songs from this morning, so I'm going to finish up with this set here. And when we sing goodness of God and we declare it with my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything because your goodness is running after me. That tomorrow when we wake up, we are just as passionate about those statements then as we are right now. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. See, Jesus was talking to the woman at the well when he said this. She was asking Jesus why the Jews insist that the only place of worship was in Jerusalem and the Samaritans say it was somewhere else. And so he says, soon it will not matter whether you worship here or there. Because the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Our life will be worship unto him. Wherever you live for God, wherever you live 
for Jesus will be a place of worship. When you say yes to that gentle nudge and telling the barista that God loves them, that's a place of worship. When God calls you and says, pray for that person at the bus stop. Yep, I know you're on your way to lunch, but I need you to pull over and pray for that person. And you begin to lay hands on them and pray for them and prophesy over them and love on them. It's a place of worship. Why? Because you're giving your whole life to God. This was the relationship that the Father always wanted for you and I. A relationship where our lives were to be so intertwined with his heart that our lives speak of his greatness and his love to the world around us. More than a service, more than part of uh, of the agenda, but a full engagement of the heart. Can we live a life of worship in such a way that we go into every encounter, every situation, every interaction looking for an opportunity to bless the Father's heart? That is worship. I want to invite the worship team and the prayer team to come forward this morning. I believe the more that we work at this, the more we will see a great outpouring of this idea of bringing worship to church. We will live that difference between bringing, between bringing or between showing up for worship and bringing all of our worship to God. So we can come to this place to sing. So that as we come to this place to sing, we sing from a life of encounters. We sing from a place of his presence that has been experienced outside of these four walls. That we come to a place and as we sing these songs, there are not just things of wishful thinking that we hope to happen, that we have just lived them the day before. What would that look like? Every life in this place is a note waiting to be played. Let's bring those together this morning and worship our God. Our prayer team is up here and I believe we might have someone in the back as well to pray with you guys. Maybe it's time for just a simple declaration that this week we're gonna look for opportunities for our lives to be a worship unto him. And then next week, anniversary Sunday, by the way, we come to this place bringing our worship. We come to this place bringing everything we have. We come to this place bringing every experience and encounter that we have had from that Sunday, from, from, from this moment now to next Sunday. That we don't leave this place saying, well, that was good or that was helpful back to my back to my to-do list but that our lives represent worship to the father that our lives get past our agendas that our lives get past the to-dos that our lives become an act of worship this is something i am striving to do would you guys stand with me this morning
incredible it is to come together and declare your goodness, to lift our voices, to raise our hands, to lay everything about us down so that we can lift you up. Let us never take that for granted. Let us grow, however, in our understanding of an act of worship. That our very lives are a fragrance to God. Our Christ-like fragrance to God. That obedience is worship. Faith is worship not allowing the things of this world to demand our worship is worship. Holy Spirit, even remind us now remind us of those opportunities. Spirit, remind us of the greatest worship statement of, a, of all. Not my will, but your will, Father. Let us act upon that this week and every week to come. Let our statement be not our will, but your will, Father. Let our very lives echo your praises. Let our very lives be the most beautiful worship song you've ever heard. I know with all of my heart, every seat filled in this place is a worship song to you. Let us not forget that that our lives speak of your goodness. Our lives are to speak of your love. Our lives are to speak of your miracle working powers. Our life is to speak of who you are. Father, let that be our desire for our lives to be worship unto you. As we are a people who bring, let us bring all that we have to you. The woman with the alabaster box who brought her very best. Let us bring our very best. Let us bring you our life say, Jesus, have your way. In your precious name we pray. Amen. A couple things we'd love to do is, again, our worship team's going to lead us in worship. Let every note in this place come together. Let every life in this place come together as we worship God. And as we do, if that's you this morning, you just want to 
recommit and give your full life. Say, God, maybe I've missed those opportunities. God, maybe I, I know you spoke to me, but you know what? I was in a hurry that day. Father, I want to be more open to the Holy Spirit as he nudges me in my everyday today life. I'd love it if you'd come forward and allow our prayer team to pray with you. And the rest of us, let's worship with our whole life. Part of our worship is to give back and to sow back into what God has done in and through this place. So be sure as we leave this morning in the very back, we're not passing the plates around. In the very back, there's a station where you can stop and pray and give thanks for God's provision and at the same time, sow back into what God is doing. It's your opportunity to give. You can do that electronically. You can put it in the bowl back there. Make sure we don't leave this place without diving into that act of worship as well. Come forward, get prayer. Let's worship God together. Let's make this week a week where we don't miss those opportunities of allowing our lives to be worshiped unto God. Amen.